0: Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Our guest has spent many years working in and around the sports industry, coaching at Lord's University and mentoring talent now building something special with legacy partners. Today, we welcome coach Terry J. Alls to the program.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, appreciate yeah, it so much.
0: Excited to have this conversation with you today. So can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and where you're from?
1: Wow. Um, uh, my name is Terry Owls. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I grew up in the east side of, of Toledo, in the projects my mom raised, uh, me and my twin sister uh, on 400 bucks a month. Um, God rest her soul. Um, and I'm um, I spent the better part of my year coaching basketball. And last year, started a consulting company called Legacy Partners of of Northwest Ohio. That was that was born out of the pandemic, and um, we try and make a difference in people's lives, in their companies, and on the coaching side of it. I uh, I I, uh, I think that's the one thing I I enjoy doing is helping you know, helping kids from the AAU standpoint get to college and helping kids in college kind of kind of get to and develop into being young men. So, I mean, um, and I guess the base part of it is I'm a servant. So there you go.
0: That's awesome, man. It's crazy to think with what's gone on the last 12 to 15 months, how many people have taken a step back and just created things or put their mind into something that maybe you didn't have the time to do prior.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was baptism by fire. Uh, You know, we had, we had, this was a brain trial, you know, three or four years ago, we had thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. The pandemic forced us to, to kind of, okay, it, it was in our front doorstep, uh, you know, and then uh, we you know we we're, we're growing our client list and just really kind of, kind of make a difference with,
0: with, uh, with, with our consulting company. So yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're off and running. So, okay, we'll get, we'll get on that in a second here, but you know, early on in life, where did you first find a passion, grow your passion for being around the sports industry?
1: Um, in the projects, we had nothing to do. So, you know, you, you play football or basketball or kickball or softball. So we were always, you know, it was, you know, eight or 10 of us all together just, just playing sports all the time. I mean, that that kept us out of trouble. So, you know, playing sports, you know, at six, eight years old, you know, till, till you know, from sunrise to sunset, especially in the summertime, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. And I really kind of developed a, a love for sports as a whole.
0: And you mentioned your mom being a single parent raising you and your sister you know how did that motivate you
1: oh uh, i because I, I think the one thing is that i, I didn't i didn't want to repeat the cycle my mom she was epileptic she couldn't work um and so me I, I wanted to make sure you know i i got an education i really wanted to make sure that that my kids didn't have to go through what i had to go through and my mom did everything she can to support us roof overhead on our back we had food in our mouth Um, But I I saw her struggle. And and that's the one thing that I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I got the chance, one, I would make sure that I help somebody else, Uh, you know, single parents, a lot of my kids are are, come from single parent homes, I wanted to make sure that I give back. So for me, it was about making sure that I made a difference in somebody else's life.
0: And Mr. Michael Williams told me to ask you about your backstory being a chef. Oh, my God. (laughs) So so I so
1: I went to culinary school. So I mean, so it started, so I was eight years old. Um, there was there was food in the house and I couldn't cook. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, and, you, know, there's, you know, my mom had food in the house and she was gone. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to cook anything. And I, at eight years old, I decided I wanted to go to culinary school. So I went to culinary school. I got the Escoffier scholarship, which is awarded to the top student and I graduated top of my class. So yeah, I just, I wanted to make sure, I mean, I, and I cook, you know, my wife and family, I cook probably 90% of the time at home um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. That's basketball court and cooking. Those, those are my sanctuaries where I can just kind of, you know, just, just unwind and,
0: and, and be myself. So, yeah. And if anything, the cooking is probably more the anxiety release.
1: It, it is. I mean, I, I eat too much. I mean, I'm, I'm phat. I'm not phat
0: fat. I'm FAT fat. So there you go. So <laughs> I, I love to cook. I just have a hard time with the cleaning part.
1: Yeah, you know, I tell my wife, if, if I cook, at least you can do his clean. So I tell her on that all the time. So, yeah, I agree. That's funny. So, you know, where did you first start coaching? Um, so I first started coaching at at Hawkins Elementary, sixth grade basketball with my uncle. Um, so he, he asked for some assistance. I really didn't know, you know, how to coach. I wasn't an X and O's guy at the time. Um, but I really developed a taste for it. Just being able to mentor young men. I've coached on the women's side as well. Um, but I just really just start to, you know, really kind of, you know, develop your style. I'm a huge Coach K fan. So I've gone to clinics and stuff like that. So I really, my thing is that, you know, if you know the X's and O's, but I know the the science behind it, of being able to, you know, get, get accredited and get, get, get those, those, you know, uh, I've got a, a USA Gold, uh, I'm a um, NHFHS accredited and a CIC um, um, accredited coach. And my thing is that uh, X's and O's is one thing, but being able to have the education behind it, kind of like going to being a doctor or a lawyer, you get that education behind it. I think that gives you some uh, some good credibility. So yeah, I, I enjoy it very much.
0: Those accolades are enough to remember in itself. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes
1: I stumble over it like I just did, but I just, I mean... When, when, when I go to a recruit or talk to a recruit, I, you know, I, I want them to know that hey, I'm, I've done my due diligence doing all those hours and camps and clinics and studying and all that, taking all those tests, uh, and even, you know, recruiting kids for AAU, you know, I, I want parents to know who I am as a coach, um, because if you trust me enough to do that, understand that I'm going to have my best interest in, in your child's
0: future. So. Yeah. And what would you say is a fundamental skill that you've stuck with teaching even since the beginning?
1: Um, I think holding people, holding kids accountable. Um, I think that's too many times. Uh, I mean, and we, we, we've got a really talented 17U team and we had a really talented team at Lords. I think holding those guys accountable. I think that's the one thing that, that, that I think high school AAU coaches um, struggle with. In college, they, they're going to be held accountable. So you might as well do it now in the high school and AAU realm because uh, if not, they're going to have a rude awakening. So, I mean, holding kids accountable um is is one of my money money things that i kind of i will never never waver on so
0: and um you know someone i look at like a penny hardaway right has had success maybe coaching at a little bit of a younger level transition that into college yeah. you know how has development at maybe in the teenage years helped you know helped you get better at coaching kids at the collegiate rights
1: i i think um Learning, learning the style of play, that, that like AAU in college. So my AAU style has translated into college because I know the style that kids like to play. So we we, we play that way at Lords. Uh, we, we run a lot of pro stuff because uh, Dennis Hobson, you know, obviously played in the pros and, you know, stuff like that. So we run a lot of Chicago Bulls stuff and we run a lot of, you know, L.A. Lakers stuff. Uh, so I, I learned that the kids want to play that style of basketball. They want to be, be up-tempo. They want to press. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, with, with you know, six, seven, eight passes if you're going to go old, old Princeton style. But that just today's kids are athletic. They want to get out and run. They want to run and jump. So uh, I have I really kind of developed that that style from AAU and translated that into college.
0: So you mentioned Lords, right? You're currently coaching the men's JV basketball team. How's that going so far? Um, we you know what
1: we we had a 20 game schedule and end up playing seven games. We went six and one We're undefeated in the conference. Um, but yeah, it was, for me, it was, a, it was, it was, it, I've always dreamed of coaching at the college level and then being able to get that opportunity, e- even in a pandemic year which for me was
0: extremely exciting, extremely rewarding. So yeah, it was great. And talking about you developing, right. And coaching collegiate, how do you continue to educate yourself and become better?
1: Um, coaching clinics. Um, I, I watch a lot of film, uh, I like to see what coaches do when they're up 20, when they're down 20. What do they do? How are they reacting to the players? How are the players reacting to them? Um, and I, I talk to Dennis a lot, um, uh, and he, he's so wise about everything he's gone through from, from Ohio State to, to Chicago Bulls and, and the teams that he's played for. Um, and then, you know, I mean, any any coaching clinic that I can get to or watch, I really enjoy just seeing coaches and just listening to them. Uh, I take a lot of notes. Um, so I've got a stack of notes of things that I've learned over the last 20 years of just from grade school to junior high coaching to coaching girls to coaching guys. Then out in college. It's really, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful stack of a mess, but it, it's some good notes there.
0: And if there's one coach in your lifetime, you can get in a room with and just you know completely pick their brain. Who would that be? Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah.
1: Without a doubt, Mike Krzyzewski, Uh He's uh, I just I really enjoy um, just he talks about relationships and, and then it, it, it's beyond basketball with him and the players and stuff like that. So for me, uh, Mike Krzyzewski would w- be the one coach or anybody in that Duke coaching tree um, would be the one person I would really like to just 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 talk the game with. I really would.
0: Have you had the opportunity to go to that facility or ever see him coach in person?
1: I have, yeah. I've, uh, I've. Uh, my oldest son is named Cameron. Uh, so we get down to. I have a buddy who's the uh, actually the associate AD down at Duke. So we've uh, we've been blessed. I don't know if you see back here. We got a picture right here on the floor at Duke. So um, yeah, we've we've been blessed. It's it, it's one of the best facilities to watch a game in. I think Fog Allen is really nice. I've been the Fog Allen. I, I want to go to Rupp Arena. I want to go to UCLA. So I want to go to kind of the meccas. Um, so that that's on my bucket list of. uh, place just just to go catch a game so yeah but nothing like Cameron Indoor Stadium
0: yeah when i used to travel for work to different nhl games and we were in raleigh we drove out to both unc and duke to see the facilities and i was surprised in person at duke how intimate it was in person compared to how big it looks on tv yeah it, it's uh 9812 to be exact so yeah it's uh it's small they keep it that way for a reason is a
1: huge advantage uh, especially kind of when you're if you're not in the acc and you come into uh, the cameron indoor stadium it's a huge advantage for, uh, for teams playing in there. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great,
0: great, great venue for basketball. And it's got to be predominantly students for that matter with that capacity, so it's loud. Yeah, it's extremely loud, yes. <laughs> so, you know, what would you say has been the most important thing to you about making players better?
1: I think the most important thing to me is just making sure they don't repeat bad habits. Um, I think, you know, some, some players we, we see now from the AAU side, coming from their high school to AAU, you know, some of them are system players. We're trying to get them out of those bad habits. Some kids are coming from high school to college. They have those bad habits that they develop. So kind of breaking those bad habits and reinforcing good habits so they become better players. Uh, It's really important.
0: So tell me a little bit about Legacy Partners and your scope of
1: work, you know, doing business. So Legacy Partners was, like I said, born out of the pandemic. So we do culture consulting. We do facility consulting. Um, We've got a, a marketing piece. We've got a supply chain piece. We have a community piece that uh, we do um, some sponsorships for scholarships with. Um, and we try and make sure that we go in, we, if there's a culture fix that we need to fix, we can go in and fix culture. Our goal is connect the high C's with the worker B's to make sure you know, that there, there's no shift in dynamic. When, when, when people leave a company, um, why are they leaving a company? Is it because the message from the top is not getting to the bottom? And if they can relate that, turnover costs you money. So we try and make sure we do workshops to cut down on that. We're actually working with a client in Michigan, uh, a, a college, and we're re- writing their entire DEI plan, and we're helping them with just specific diversity re- recruitment. So uh, that's that's been the, uh, the key piece in Legacy. And the goal of Legacy is to make sure that we leave something for our children when we're gone. So that's why it was named uh, Legacy Partners in Northwest Ohio. So,
0: And how do you see working with these organizations to help create a better equity piece or um, you know, I guess more spread out, diverse work environment, how would you say that helps these organizations that you're working with?
1: It, it, it helps their bottom line. Uh, I think they, um, I, I've reached out to, a, I've done a couple of surveys with a couple of companies and, and asked if you could tap into 3% of the minority market, if you're a, say you're a billion dollar company, just, you know, if that translates into dollars to three percent. Would you be interested in increasing that? And a lot of them, I don't see the the upside of it, but a lot of them that the, the have stock stockholders and shareholders, they say, okay, we, we have to understand that this is the world that we live in. You can't just cater to one dynamic. I think you have to have a wider gaze if you're a company and if you want to grow, diversity helps you grow as a company.
0: And you know, you talked a little bit about company culture. You said, you know, I guess in, in lieu of fixing it it's connecting right you know some different areas of the organization um, you know how have the companies you work with been at being empty headed to take those approaches
1: um a, a lot of them don't see the the initial when you bring it to them but when you show them the dollar signs behind it a uh, why why it's important what it costs you not to kind of widen your gaze as opposed to okay if you add some diverse candidates that, that are just as skilled um, you know, how, how does that help you get a bigger audience? Because if you're staying in one lane and but you can go two or three lanes and you can get uh, a bigger audience, that, that increases your bottom line. And I think once you get them to understand that, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. It, it, it's been a slow turn with some companies, I'll tell you, Brett, but I think for the most part, uh, companies are like, okay, especially in this day and age where everything we went through last year uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and everything that's gone on with, with everything throughout the world, with, with, with diversity as a whole and, and race as a whole. Um, it, it's really, it, it's got a niche market right now. I don't know if it'll always be that way, but right now companies are getting on board with the fact that they have to be, be diverse. I think they can't be stuck in the old ways they used to do business. They have to kind of think about the future and, and, and what their business holds.
0: And who's been your biggest mentor in building this company?
1: Oh, so my biggest mentor would be George Chapman. So George Chapman was um, my CEO at Healthcare REIT. Um, and then when I started this company, he's the one guy I called and got advice from. And, you know, I try and call him or contact him at least once a week um, because he's, he's extremely smart about business. He knows how to grow a business. He grew Healthcare REIT from a small business to a, it's, you know, it's a million dollar business corporation right now. Um, so yeah, George Chapman is the one mentor and the guy that I, I kind of, I go to for advice on, on business and, and, and matters at hand.
0: And from a coach's perspective, you know, my last question for you, if you can give those wanting to work or coach, you know, be involved in the sports industry, any advice, what would that be?
1: I think if you truly love it, you, you have to become a student of the game as a coach. Uh, We tell players to become a student of the game as a player, us as coaches, we, we have to, I mean, I, 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 I can tell you I've, everybody from, from Mike Krzyzewski on down to Mike Uger at BGSU. I've gone to their practices just to make sure I can see, okay, Mike Uger's style is different from Mike Krzyzewski, but Mike Uger is really good. And he's, he's at BGSU, he's a D1 or go to D2s or D3s or NAIAs. There's some good basketball at all levels, but be a student of the game as a coach and understand that, that you represent a brand, a brand of brothers as coaches. Um, and so you have to carry that badge as an honor. But that's the one thing I, I enjoy coaching at the AAU level. I enjoy it even more coaching at the college level.
0: Well, that's awesome. You know, I really appreciate you coming to the program today and appreciate the conversation and look forward to chatting with you soon.
1: Hey, Brett, thanks for having me on. God bless. Take care, man.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis.
1: See you next time.